Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome, everybody. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden. Uh, the truth straight up here on a uh, beginning of fall, and it feels like it. That's right. It does. It does. The show brought to you uh, by happytrees.co, a great full-service tree company, and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Uh, momentarily, we should have Cheryl Chumley joining us. She's a uh, Washington Times columnist and author, has some uh, interesting like warnings, I guess, about what's happening to um, Christianity and religion in the country. Um, another day, another Trump lawsuit, right, Chuck? It's like the attorney general of New York. She said before she was elected, she was going to sue Trump. Didn't matter for what. She did. I mean, you know, normally you'd think they'd be like, well, you know, I'll investigate him. And if he's done something wrong, we'll sue him. But this time she's like, no, we're just going to sue him. You can rest well, assured. Even Bill Barr said it was a political hit job. And right. again, it's totally oh, ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to bother to register. I don't know, you know, the lawfare thing. You know, Republicans, the only way to fight fire is with fire, and they're going to have to start bringing cases in Texas and Florida against, I don't know, whoever. Well, you know, we see that happen, I mean, with Ron DeSantis, right? So right. Ron DeSantis flies immigrants to, you know, to, to Martha's Vineyard, and now they turn around and sue him. But we have Cheryl with us here. Um, Cheryl Chumley, um, as I said, a Washington Times columnist, author of a great book. We've talked about this with her before, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Um, hey, Cheryl, thank you for your time. Welcome back to the Chuck and Julie Show. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I saw your column in the Washington Times, and I just think this is such an important topic. Um, and you were talking about a Pew Research study regarding Christianity and how that sort of ties into the future of our country. Why don't you kind of explain what the Pew um, report was saying? So this most recent Pew Research Center study was based on projections if all trends stay the same in America by the year 2070, Christians will be a minority in this country. And that's not to say that it's definitely going to happen, but they were talking about all these different trends that they've been following for years now. And if nothing changes, Christianity will become a minority religion in America. And why that matters is, no matter what your faith is, America was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and our Constitution, our laws, our, our guiding compasses are based on those biblical principles. And if we remove that from America, so goes our individual liberties. Well, and I think, you know, that's exactly what the socialists want, right? And I think that's what you kind of talk about in your column. One of the things they want to do is remove God and, and, and religion as being sort of a guiding light and replace it all with the government, right? Exactly. If you look at all the various battles that we have going on in this country, uh, whether it's parental rights in schools or the LGBTQ agenda or even the economy, if you look at everything that's taking place in the political and cultural uh, wars that we have, all roads lead back to the basic fight to retain God-given Right. And God given rights as they pertain to the individual. It's basically a battle of collectivists versus individualists. And but, this country and the stumbling block for the globalists of the world who want basically to take over the entire world and subjugate the entire world's citizens for just a few ruling elites. America is the stumbling block because we don't get our rights from, from government. We're born into them. We get them from God. And that's very difficult for collectivists to overtake. So this is why the big battle in America always, it always leads back to the road of removing God. That's the ultimate end game of these leftists. And if I show, if I could, I don't know, or maybe if the BBS guys, your your voice is really faint, so I, I apologize. But if you could maybe just speak up a little bit, um, well, and I, you know, I took a look at the Pew study, and 
um, it, it, what it indicated, what, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You look at the demographics and it was saying this certainly doesn't have to happen, but they were saying currently, you know, of the people who identify as religious or Christian, um, by the time they're in their thirties, about a third of every generation sort of, um, sort of does not affiliate anymore. And they were saying, when you combine that with the decreasing birth rate, what you've got are fewer and fewer and fewer people sort of every, you know, few, well, every time become, you know, to become Christian in the first place. Is that, I mean, which is kind of hard to get around, it seems to me. It, it is. And look, um, it, if this poll were by itself, you could just say, well, that's interesting to move on. But it only comes after numerous polls in recent years that show America is growing more and more secular. Fewer and fewer Americans, even in the evangelical community, are going to church. There is a dramatic rise in nuns, that is to say, people who don't really believe in any type of religion or faith. And when you put all that together, it leads us into this community, into this society that is growing more and more secular, uh, sort of like France or your European countries. And when that happens, that's when we lose our very... uh basis of American exceptionalism, which is God-given rights, because you can't have God-given rights if you remove God from society. Right, right. Well, you know, one thing they say, you want to destroy a society, you take away their gods first. Um, and it seems that we're they're attacking twofold, one from the outside and one from the inside. I mean, even, even what were highly conservative groups like the Southern Baptists have now been overtaken and by, by the left wing of, of that group, same with the um, Catholics and other ones. And so it's, it's a twofold attack, try to destroy the organization itself uh, and then make sure that no one joins it because it's, there's nothing really to join. Absolutely. It, it's in the attack from the outside and the, inta- the attack from the inside. Churches, have, as we've seen, have been losing uh, many in their congregations. Particularly, we saw that under the coronavirus, where churches right. closed, and when they when they did reopen, fewer and fewer people went back to church. Not all churches; some churches grew, and this is this goes to toward your point. Too many churches in America have started watering down the Word of God, and so they're making churches very inoffensive as, as a way of reaching the masses. But it's not teaching truth that people internally yearn to hear. So those churches have lost a lot of their congregations. On the, on the flip side, the churches that are sticking with the truthful, hardcore biblical principles, they've seen their membership rise, particularly after the reopening, uh, from the COVID, from the COVID clampdown. So churches in general are losing a lot of followers because they've become watered in, in their teaching. They've become progressive teaching this social justice type of biblical teaching rather than the actual truth. Well, and I think there's and, an... and the biggest one of that is a Catholic church under Pope Francis, who, who teaches a, a social justice uh, form of Catholicism. Climate change is big. Yes. Capitalism is evil. Borders are racist. Exactly. The Catholic church has lost a lot of conservative uh, followers in recent times because they have gone far left lunatic with some of yeah. their teachings that they ascribe to Jesus, wrongly so. But, well, and I think even, an even bigger thing is, you know, again, when you read the research, the Pew report, it was saying that it, right now, even though there are a growing number of people who don't affiliate with the religion, it said the majority of those people still, like you said, believe in something. They believe in some sort of higher power. But that seems to be decreasing, and they predict that that, or they predict a, certainly a possibility is that will continue to get, decrease. And I think there you have, I mean, that, that's sort of, that, that's why people are depressed, right? That's why people, they have, they're just floating, you know, when you don't have a moral compass and your only compass is what your Twitter followers are screaming at you about. Everything gets screwed up. And I think it's just, it's dangerous in so many ways. One, like you said, it's the foundation of our country, but two, it's it's the foundation of our souls and our families and our lives to lose any kind of anchor or any kind of moral compass, a North Star, so to speak. 
Yes, and as Joe Biden said, we're in the battle for the soul of America, right? That in itself is a truthful statement because this is what we are ultimately fighting against the left about, the battle to keep God at the helm, to to keep God in, in leadership of society and government in in its rightful role of subservience to the people. And so if the the more secular we become, the the greater void that creates with people looking for solutions, looking for something, looking to fill the voids in their own hearts. And that opens the door for government to enter and leave an even bigger footprint than it already is. So this is what Marxist countries know, communist countries know, right? That's why they want to remove God, because ultimately they want the worship of the people themselves. The government wants the worship of the people in communist society. You know, how do we, I remember, you know, I haven't been in a TV newsroom for five years, but I was a TV news reporter for many years. And there was a time um, when you, when I imagine it's even worse now, you just didn't talk about God. And if somebody used, mentioned God, I thank God for this, God for that in the sound, but you didn't put that in. That was just this, you're just kind of squeamish about talking about God, right? On the flip side of that, Though I do see in certain things, like in some athletes, right, you know, where they raise their hands to heaven or they kneel and things like that. So there is on the one hand, I think this kind of pressure, um, I don't know, what peer pressure, social media pressure to, to not talk about God or acknowledge God. And yet you do, though, also see some people in somewhat high profile positions, you know, being willing to do that, too. Do you see that as hopeful? I, I definitely see hope. I, I do see a uh, a backlash against this growing secularism in America. Right? What we're seeing, I think, are the the two sides being more finely defined than they have been in recent years. Because a lot of people, as you suggest, ha- have been squeamish about talking about God openly, but it's always been uh, kind of part of America's fabric, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. been quiet, and maybe a lot of people went to church on Sundays, and they, they carried their beliefs Monday through Saturday, but they just didn't talk about them. Well, now we're being told that you're not even allowed to think right. about those beliefs Monday through Saturday that we pick up in church on Sunday, and you're starting to see some of the Christian communities to say, hey, that's not okay. It's not the Christian community that is radical in America. That's the foundation of our exceptionalism. It's the secularists and the radical atheists that are the ones who are radical. Right. Well, there's, this is- there's, there's, back in American history, there are two great kind of reawakenings, the religious periods, the religious fervor, one in, in the 1760s and again in the 1830s. And I think it'll take something like that to get um, back. Um, the the belief in God and and a really excitement about God in your life and hopefully uh, we can have another great awakening um, which which would cause that to to happen. I wholeheartedly agree. In fact, that's exactly what I wrote about in my second to last book. Socialists don't sleep. Christians must rise, or America will fall. Uh, the title says it all. Exactly what you were just putting forward. And I think in the end, that is our one true solution to secure American individual liberties into the future. Because the political winds are too whimsical now. They 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 flip and flop here and there. And I'm tired. I know for myself of having my individual liberties uh, change. With each election, I would like to see them more solidified as they once were in this country as coming from above, from a creator, and not open to debate from government to give or take as it will. Right. You know, and this is from Stephen. Um, Cheryl, we do the show on Zoom sometimes with some people commenting in the chat section. Stephen says, our pastor had a sermon about church attendance. Once a month is now considered regular attendance. And he says, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, says over half of its members are 55 plus. Some churches are predicted to not exist in the next 10 to 20 years. Well, that's exactly what the Pew paper was saying, right? That the people who do identify as religious now or Christian now are increasingly older. Um, and, and I mean, it's, it, it does become sort of this, 
spiral where so you have fewer people being raised religiously themselves um and then you have people dropping out i mean i'm not sure and chuck i like you talk about the great awakening but what can be done uh, i mean you'd think church leaders would be concerned about this i mean what can do you have any ideas show and we know how important it is to stop it but any ideas on how to stop it yeah because what you spell out when you look at it logically it seems like a never-ending cycle, right? right, where one outcome brings the other outcome, and there's really no way out. And really, the way out is to turn to God, because when something looks undoable through the secular eyes, you have to look above. And so I think yeah. this is what God himself wants us to do now, to realize that we can't do this by ourselves. And as a note of optimism, I will say that there are some churches out there that recognize this, recognize the problem, and they also see the solution as doing just that. And they are making remarkable gains in their own respective communities about drawing people back into the church and teaching them how to fight, not just on the cultural field, but also politically. We're seeing a lot more Christians actually go into, say, local schools board meetings and fight the, the right. evil agendas there, or running for offices themselves. And it's a slow-moving uh, slow moving solution, but at least it's moving in the right direction. Well, well and we see what God... The key, like in the, almost all human things, is some charismatic leaders. Cotton Mather was one. Um, uh, the Wellesley brothers in the 1830s in some ways, I suppose Billy Graham in the 1950s. You need somebody. People have to identify with particular people, um, and we've got to get some charismatic uh, and at least honest and honorable uh, religious leaders. I would agree with that, and I would also add to it that God doesn't need a majority to do his work, right? As a matter of fact, he often works through the minority. He prefers it that way because then the glory goes to him. And I think what we can all do is what you and I, uh, we're doing right now, is talk openly about the need for God in America. Because as you said uh, a few minutes ago, it, it used to be talked about sort of quietly. It was a queasy type of thing. Well, now let's drag it out in the open and let's just yeah. have the discussion. America needs God. And I'm betting the more people hear that, the more people will agree. Well, and you know, and here's why I'm hopeful too. I think you're right. One, we've seen sort of in the Bible, things don't go well for the societies and cultures that totally turn their back on God, right? They have a way of ending badly there. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, what did I write a book and I forget who it was by, but it was great. It was like, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And I think you're right. I mean, I think that's a moment where we are right now where we have to get out of the boat and we have to put our faith in God and keep doing what we know needs to be done, even if we're the only ones doing it. Right. And I think that's great what you said that we don't have to do it ourselves. Right. God's God's got this. We just have to do our part, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, don't expect to see the finish line wherever you are. Right. Because you start looking at all the work that has to be turned this nation back to its godly roots, that becomes overwhelming, and it it makes you immobile. It it freezes right. you, and you you have the tendency to say, "Why bother?" But all you have to do as an individual is do what God put you on earth to do, and to be willing to speak boldly, even if it makes you feel queasy or if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you take those steps. You get out of the boat a little step at a time. And God will take over from there. Well, Cheryl, let me, well, that's good. That's, that's good to know. And hopefully, hopefully it'll happen before we become a socialist country. Where can people, because we'll right. let you go, where can people, your book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedoms, where can people find that? And where can people find out more about you? Um, you can go to my website, CherylChumley.com, and, and the links to all four of my books are there, along with all the endorsements and so forth. But you can also get them, Amazon Books, A Million Barnes & Noble, and you can check out my writings at WashingtonTimes.com. And thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks, for your Cheryl. Time. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah. yeah, great job. And thank you for bringing this up. And thank you for coming on our show and talking to our listeners about it. Thank you so much, guys. Have a good night. Okay. All right. Cheryl Chumley there. Um, yeah, it, you can find, she's got a website, Cheryl, aptly named CherylChumley.com. You know, Chuck, I mean, you're the historian in this. How do you see this 
developing or unfolding or because I don't think they can trust the religious leaders. Uh, you know, I mean, clear, the, the, you look at the Pope, for instance, I don't think you can count on him. I hate to say this because I'm Catholic to do much of anything except expand his own, not God's, but his own agenda. Well, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be new leaders and ones that, that, that can inspire people and, and get a movement going. I mean, Christianity is based on one person who is both God and man, but nonetheless, it's one people could identify with. It's very hard to, to have a religion based amorphously. Uh, that's why religions, the Unitarian Church and some of the other ones have virtually disappeared. Um, because there's no human connection in those. They they recognize a God, but nothing beyond that. What so. did, we had a friend who said, yeah, we believe in birds or something right. like that, right? It's right. like, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think she had a very good point, and it is worth making that, you know, we, we should not expect to have to do this on our own, that it is perhaps the kind of thing that can only be done um, with God's help. But historically, though, this has come and gone, and, and yet God is still around, right? Well, the pandemic was was not a great moment for the American no. churches. Um, a few a few fought back and refused to close, but most of, most of them just rolled over dead, um, and I think that really hurt attendance all the way through. So um, there's going to be there's going to have to be something that people can grab onto and, and want to be connected with. What about, and now Cheryl makes a good point. I just have a couple more things to say about this, about, you know, in America, particularly, you know, it's based on that we have these God-given rights. And the same Pew thing was pointing out that in um, Great Britain, this switch to where more people did not believe in any kind of God than did believe in God happened mm-hmm. like in 2009. Um, and we've seen what's happened in Europe. Do you, what is, What's your sense about religion? And it seems like religion is even, you know, we saw the Queen's funeral that was mentioned but less and less of a thing over the you know in europe well it, it depends on where in europe i mean certainly russia uh parts of the eastern countries poland uh hungary uh they they have pretty strong uh religious beliefs um and unlike france and britain and some of the others so there are places where religion is is Gain because in those countries they were forbidden to have religion up until the until the 1990s when the the Great Wall fell down. Let me from um, let's see from Sandra. I think people believe in God or at least a higher power, but do not belong to a church. That's true, Sandra, and that's what this pew. And again, it's just but they have a pretty good track record. Um, but what they were saying is that there are a growing number. But what it said is right now of the people who are not affiliated with the church, right? About half of the a majority, they said a majority of those people still believe in a higher power. But they said when you look at the trends, um, that is going down. So there is an increasing number of people, number one, not affiliating with any church. And of the people who aren't affiliating with any church, there is an, an increasing number of people who don't believe in any sort of higher power. And that I think is what the socialists, which I find it bizarre that anyone could believe that but um um but that's what the socialists want i mean that's what she's talking about i think chuck that that's where the social if as long as you believe in a higher power whatever you want to call it it's hard for socialists to take over but if you don't believe in any higher power then it's pretty easy for the gov for you to believe in the government yeah that's absolutely right and that's what communism does there's there's no higher power there's just this this future wonderful valhalla that will be created on earth uh, which is, you know, ludicrous if, uh, since it's never has been. <laughs> it's, it's, it hasn't happened for the middle class yet. Well, let me go ahead and we're going to switch gears. Now. I want to talk about, you know, another day, another lawsuit um, filed against Trump. The Attorney General, Atisha James of um, New York, announced a $250 million lawsuit, basically uh, alleging that Trump exaggerated his his assets for tax and insurance benefits. Um, Trump noting in his comments that she's now a very tight race for AG with the um, Republican who's running for attorney general there. But Chuck, this is just, I mean, it's nothing other than, I mean, you know, they raid his property. You've got the Manhattan DA saying, um, you know, he, his company, you know, Dodd gave employee or gave employees perks to avoid taxes. I mean, it's a tax on every front, don't you think? 
Well, it is, and and that's all part of lawfare. Um, and it's it's when Bill Barr says this is just a political help hit job. I mean, it'd be nice if the governor of New York are going. This is pathetic. Of course, she's just as bad as Lakita James. So um, it's you know the the Justice Department has lost any credibility, at least in my mind, and I think a lot of other people's mind. Uh, the AG for New York is just a political hack. Right. Um, so they're they're killing the they're slowly killing or quickly killing the system uh, that allows our government to function. Well, then let me, I want to play a soundbite. I mean, this is how bad it is. In 2018, when she was running for election, um, Letitia James flat out said, yeah, I'm going to sue Trump. Now, not like I said earlier, not like I'm going to investigate Trump. And if he's done something wrong, I guarantee you I'll sue him. She was just going to sue him. I mean, it was like sue him and then go ahead and find whatever you're going to sue him for. If we could please, um, Doug, play the um, the lawsuit soundbite. going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference or I'm just one person. I say one, I say one name, Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Get off your ass and vote. Will you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. I love it. He probably does already. Now, I mean, Chuck, is that like, I don't even know how you get to be much more uh, outrageous as, as, as law, the chief law enforcement officer for the state of New York, just flat out saying, oh, I'm going to sue Trump. Again, it doesn't say what for, it doesn't say why. I'm just going to sue him to be a pain in the butt, right? Well, everybody knows that, that and any prosecutor knows, you want to go after somebody, you always get their bank records and see if they've overvalued their assets. Because if you're applying for a loan, you're... you're your tendency is to want to show as much net worth as possible. And moreover on that, even if you don't, you can always argue everything is worth less. I mean, it's just, it's an all purpose indictment that can be done against virtually anybody. Um, And it's, it's disgusting that that's, that's what our system is, has gotten down to. Um, Well, and I don't understand, and you're the lawyer, how can she, now she says she wants to refer it for for a criminal to the IRS, I guess, for a criminal indictment. DOJ. DOJ. Oh, 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 and they'll say, oh, no, this isn't right. How can can she file, and the lawsuit seeks to ban him from doing any kind of business, real estate deals. How can she file a civil lawsuit against him? Isn't she supposed to, I I don't, can you, uh, can you explain that? Yeah, well, she can figure out some. Yeah. For a civil lawsuit. I mean, it's just, it's pathetic. It just shows you that you have a country, um, and certainly the Democratic Party, who doesn't care about the rules. They don't right. really care about anything. Um, um, yes, Sandra says, I bet she's a Soros AG. I'm sure she is. I mean, almost all of the Democrats are Soros AGs and the district attorneys. Um, and I think the conservative treehouse is mentioning previously, she tried to investigate him for undervaluing his assets and not paying enough taxes. Right. So now she's going to turn on an argument he's overvaluing. And here's the thing, you know, will, will she win? Will she prevail? That's kind of tricky to say, but it's yet another thing. Like she said, she's going to be a pain to him. And it's yet another thing that Trump has to deal with, just like the they're using Ron DeSantis, right? He can fly, you know, Biden can fly the illegal aliens all over the place, and that's okay. DeSantis does it, and all of a sudden now he's kidnapping, and a sheriff, they find some hack sheriff to say he's going to investigate DeSantis for, for kidnapping them. I mean, you, well, you're right. If you wanted to, you you could sue George Soros in virtually every Republican jurisdiction for something. Right. And, and maybe... That has to be done because if, if, if any kind of weapon that's just used by one side and not the other uh, becomes a, a one-sided war. I mean, George Soros ought to be sued in all these jurisdictions. Except he can't be because he's, I mean, again, you see the strategy basically behind the whole thing. So you have, I mean, it takes money, right? So you've got somebody like George Soros who has a ton of money and he spends his money to get You're these talking people. talking about AGs who have the governmental power. Doesn't take exactly. Any- That's what I'm saying. So for Republicans to file the lawsuits, that all takes money, right? And so that's hard to do. But what Soros did that was so smart and evilly clever is he gets these people into elected office where it's our tax dollars are right. funding all of the lawsuits, I mean, right? There ought, there ought to be some AG Republicans filing against George Soros for who knows what, but you, you know, you can, always, you can invent something. 
Well, and here it goes back to this is why election integrity is so important. So she's in a really tight race with the Republican AG. Now, you got to hope, although you never know when it comes to Trump, that if the Republican AG comes in, he will drop this. Right. Um, and, and hopefully drop all kinds of behavior like that. Just these constant and same thing. If a Republican wins the presidency, hopefully Trump, he'll, he'll say, OK, we're going to quit raiding me. Um but but that gets back to the importance of election integrity, which is, you know, a whole issue in and of, even in and of itself, don't you think? Well, sure. I mean, you're never going to have accountability as long as the elections are rigged. And so it's great that places like Florida actually, you know, made real efforts to prevent election fraud. And, you know, one of the things that's happening is that the election fraud will occur in jurisdictions that that are urban. And therefore, the DAs have refused to bring him in Milwaukee, Philadelphia. So what DeSantis wisely did, he said, great, I'll have a statewide office. You don't, you don't need to go to the local DA to get action. We'll have a statewide office for election fraud. So. Right. He hey, is we always see- a little, a few steps ahead of the rest of the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. So I see Victoria Lundquist has entered the waiting room. If we could go ahead and admit her, um, cause she's going to come on at 3.30, well, it is 3.30 to talk about the Reagan roundup. Um, so let's see. Is she there? Let me see if Victoria is there yet. Hey, Victoria, are you, are you there yet? see she's being admitted i think victoria if you can hear me go ahead and turn your microphone and your camera on it's hard to see there you are there we go now can you hear me now we can hear you now we can hear (laughs) you all right awesome well, we have uh, Victoria Lundquist with us um, with the um, Adams County Republican Party. And she's actually, I'll give her a plug here, too. That, Republican um, women, Julie, you always get that wrong. Uh, well, no, but she's, she's, I mean, she's doing the round, the roundup for the Adams County Republican Party, but she is with Adams County Republican Women. Um, That's which correct. Is, which is a great organization. <laughs> so I purchased our tickets today. Very easy to do. Just go to the county website or you have posters there, too. But why don't you tell people what we're talking about and, and why it's going to be such a good idea to go? All right. Thank you so much, Julie and Chuck, for letting me come on. Um, so the Adams County Republican Party is putting, they have two fundraisers a year, the Lincoln Dinner and the Reagan Roundup. So, um, uh, that, okay. So this year, the Reagan Roundup's on October 1st, uh, six to 11. We have a lot of good things going on. We have, um, Randy Corcoran um, is going. He's won the RNC committee man. He's okay. also on KNUS uh, radio station. He's going to be there broadcast live oh, from yay. the Reagan Center. Yep, um, five to seven. Then um, we have also have Vera Ortegon, which she's the female, the woman. committee woman of the RNC for Colorado. And then we um, will be having an Adams, or a, <clears throat> sorry, a Colorado local comedian come and do a, um, you know, lighten up the atmosphere. He's conservative. He's, um, you know, along with our values, he... Um, He's kind of like-minded with us at how important this election is, how important it is to get our state to come back to these conservative values. So he wanted to take part in this. So we thought that was really exciting. And then we also have an award-winning um, country. Uh, she's she's a world, I guess, she's got a huge title here, award, multi-award winning champion country dancer and she's bringing her team she's going to do a couple skits get everybody involved dancing um country style um this is where it's called ronald reagan so it does have the country feel to it we're gonna have um it's dinner, dancing, and kids' activities. We do have some uh, whole area set up for kids' games. And, you know, we have corn, you know, that corn toss game right. that adults play also, which they could play if they wanted. The area is big enough that we've got the patio area. The dining room and the dancing area are somewhat separate. Um, so that if you just want to go enjoy dinner, mingle with each other, um, 
even see the candidates because the candidates are coming. We have candidate tables set up. We have a silent auction. So there'll be lots of fun things to do for the whole family or whether, and if you don't want to bring your kids there, it'll still be nice for a husband and wife to have a time out and at the same time be with like-minded people to share all the things going on, getting ramped up for this election and trying to get our candidates elected in this election. And I'd like to make sure that anyone who's not in Adams County, feel free to, to come and, and participate. Oh, agreed. Oh, yes. And and as a practical matter, this event was to be run by the rhinos in the party, but they got so outrageous and out of control <laughs> that they got kicked off. And so Pipula Victoria and great real Republicans have taken over and we need to support her and the whole thing. So I want to welcome everybody from wherever county you're in uh, to come. It's at the Ranch Country Club. That's a great, great place. Go go play a couple of holes. No, they won't. Let you, but, uh, <laughs> Gorgeous views, though. <laughs> if you haven't been there, we, you know, Rev has golf lessons there. And they've got gorgeous views at the ranch. That's a great venue to yeah. have. No, and I think you're right. Yeah, again, to emphasize, yeah, Randy Corcoran's from Douglas County, right? And then he and That's correct. Yeah, you don't have to be from Adams County. We're going to be there. Like I said, I got the tickets today. Um, and I think it's, you know, we were just talking earlier, Victoria, about how, you know, this attorney general in New York is filing a lawsuit against Trump. I mean, it starts with local candidates like district attorneys, sheriffs. I mean, all of these, the local candidates matter a lot. And it, we have to take control of those local elections. And and that's where you can start having an impact. You know, the, the national stuff can kind of not take care of itself, but there are other people working on that, right? This is from- Oh, local- I totally agree. You know, I haven't been in politics my whole life and just got started in 2016. And I will have to admit, I'm one of the reasons why Colorado's sitting here. I did not realize how important our local elections are. Yeah. It's affected our school boards. It's affected our city, right where we live, right in our backyard, right. all the way up to the state and then to the federal. And I'm finding out a lot of our citizens, they don't understand the whole election process. They don't understand how much their decision on in November, whether it's uh, primary or the regular four-year election, how important it is to vote in our midterms. Yep, I absolutely agree. And I think it, you know, plus it's fun. Uh, you know, I mean, I've started going to some of the Adams County um, Republican Party meetings um, and it's, it's, they're great people who go there. Um, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, you get a chance to mingle with, dance with if you want, or just, you know, chat with people like you said, who are like-minded. And I think particularly in this day and age, we need to remind ourselves we are not the minority, right? There are millions right. of us and you mm-hmm. get with other people and you realize, oh yeah. And I think you're right. It's it's a great time too. You can talk to the candidates. Mm-hmm. If you say you can, I'm sure they're happy to take any kind of donation. You can pick up yard signs or figure out how to do that. It's it's a, if you want to get involved, but but in a low key kind of area, right. you know, without a lot of money or energy or things like that. This is a kind no of event. Energy, Julie. Huh. You can't get rid of energy. <laughs> no, no, but, Lord, no, but what I mean, though, is you can go to an event like this and you can find out very small ways to get involved, right? You don't have to donate. Exactly. Entire, you know, you go here and you talk to people. They're like, well, you could do this. You could do that. And it's so it's great. Yeah. Um, well, this is one way to donate, meaning this is a fundraiser and just purchasing your tickets to come. You're also putting into giving us the ability to do things for these candidates that we're trying to get elected, trying to get their name out. And um, you're right. Um, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Well, that's Sorry. Okay. No, it just it. It all starts yet. No, that's right. You're doing a great job, Victoria. Where? Let me just a final question for you. This one's an easy one. Where do people go if they're like, hey, that does sound like fun. I'd like to get some tickets. Where should they go and how do they do go about that? Um, they can go to Adams County Republican Women website or Adams County um, GOP, and there's a, a flyer on there. It's got a QR code. All you have to do is click on it, and it'll take you right to purchasing your tickets. One thing I do need to mention is if you get your tickets um, by the 22nd, which Tomorrow. we're almost there, Yep. Um, you still can take advantage of the discount. So if you get two people to go, whether it's couple or 
you and a friend, you can pay the $130 for that price rather than $150 because they're $80 a piece for a single. So that's one way that you're giving to the party. You get to go to something fun and at the same time find out what um, you can do and who you can get involved with and how, um, you know, with this um, climate, it's everybody's kind of on edge a little bit. And they a lot of conservatives won't open up their mouth. They're afraid to even talk with one another, I'm finding. And this way is a place to learn more, to be able to express yourself. And then also it's an event that they can have fun at. There you go. Can't beat that. Well, Victoria, thank you for all the hard work you've done on this. And thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. you. And then you can just go ahead and turn your camera off and your mic off. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Victoria Lundquist there. Um, Yeah. I think, like I said, we bought our tickets and I think whether it's the Adams County one or all of them, I think it's important to, uh, to support that kind of stuff. Um, And it'll be good to see Randy. I haven't seen Randy in a while, huh, Chuck? Yeah, I have to ask about your lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Well, let's see. Do you want to, we have a little bit of time left. Do you want to talk about the Denver mayoral race or did you want to? Well, we can. I mean, you know, I'm writing an editorial. Uh, it's the business community abandoning Denver to its fate. Huh? And you really think that this election, if, if, if they elect Debbie Ortega, who is a long-term um, Denver City Council person and very radical. 28 years. She's been 28 years. Debbie mm-hmm. Ortega has been a Denver City Councilwoman. <laughs> uh, or you, you, the other one is a state representative. Leslie Harrod. Leslie Harrod, who's even worse. I mean, what she promotes herself as the first LBGTQ black person elected to the state house in 2016. And right. she doesn't, I mean, you don't get much more. I don't think you get any more progressive than Leslie Harrod, right? No. Um, and you know, if you like Denver, the way it looks like now, well, you've got Debbie Ortega. She's been there for 28 years. Right. right. Um, and I think another person that's out there possibly is Lisa Calderon, who is Candy C. DeBacca's, I think, partner and former chief of staff. Um, and Lisa or, uh, Candy C. DeBacca is openly a communist. Right. right. So. Well, the other ones, there are some other ones. You, you do have Kelly Bruff, who is the head of the Denver Chamber of Commerce which is a pretty left-wing organization, but compared to Leslie Arad, she's a you know, rock-solid conservative. Right. Uh, well, and she, wasn't, she was Hickenlooper's chief of staff, right, when he was yeah, mayor? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think she's with Metropolitan State now as, as some kind of weird. I think but, she might have resigned that because she's running, no, like, okay. I think. Um, I think. But, uh, and, and then there, there are a ton of, you know, the usual suspects who run every time and, right. and, and don't, uh, if the auditor might run, he'd be an interesting candidate. Uh, and but I, I think I think if you want to have somebody who who isn't just going to destroy the city, and the city has been effectively destroyed in large part by by Mayor Hancock, who has announced that he is moving down to Miami, Florida. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> Having destroyed Denver, I now can't stand to live in here because it's too crowded. Well, it, it is. And I think it's not just Denver. I think there are broader implications here. But but you have cities now that are being faced with a choice. And, you know, you get what you vote for. You, you yeah. know, you're, you're being faced with the choice of do you want to live in what these progressive hellholes, what they've, what, you know, the homelessness, the crime, the, um, the businesses abandoning it, abandoning the city, people fleeing from the city, Denver for the first time ever is losing people as opposed to gaining people. So you have those candidates. If you do, then vote for, vote for somebody like Leslie Herod. Um, like you said, Kelly Bruff is certainly not a conservative, but she at least, I imagine, would be interested in preventing the city from going completely down the, the toilet, don't you think? Yes, yes. And I vote, you know, she was uh, the babysitter for our beloved councilman, Ed Thomas. Um, and every time I see her. She always says, well, here comes trouble. Uh, <laughs> but but among the candidates, she's certainly far better than, than some of them. 
Well, I think what's going to happen, and again, you see this happening in other cities. I was in, as I said, Charlotte over the weekend, and we were in downtown Charlotte, and it was gorgeous. I mean, there were, and there were the, the streets were packed, the businesses were packed. Um, you couldn't get an Uber to save your life because they were so busy. Um, and it was everything looked new. Um, there were, I didn't see any homeless encampments there. Now, maybe they cleaned it out around the stadium because there was a concert, but in Denver, they can't even do that. And you look at that and you're like, geez, where would I want to live? Right. And you look at people in downtown Denver. I had a friend who was complaining that a family or a, a couple had parked their non working car, it doesn't work anymore in front of her house and were essentially living in the car in front of her house and sort of the core part of kind of the Cherry Creek area. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and they were defecating and I mean, everything in her yard and she would call the police and the police like, we can't do anything and we're not going to do anything. And I just said to her, well, who'd you vote for? (laughs) You know, what did you think was going to happen when you vote for these people? It's just crazy. Yeah, it it absolutely is. And, and, you know, the, Denver voters will give one last chance to save the city before it goes totally Chicago, um, yeah. totally New York. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, well, it's, here's, this is from, from Sandra. She said, Denver was always a great city. I loved it and lived there for over 30 years. And it, what an effing hellhole now. Glad I'm out of there. Um, and then Sandra says, uh, Stephen says, Sandra, I told a friend from Oklahoma whose wife is here for a concert with their daughter to not stay downtown and be careful wherever she set, wherever she stays. When I mentioned earlier, I ran into a photographer that I used to work with who said they don't send crews downtown anymore. And you have the downtown Denver business partnership. I mean, they are, you just want to smack them sometimes to some sense into them. They talk about how, oh, you know, we have to provide affordable housing. It's like, but, but in the meantime, Meantime, we're losing all of our businesses and, you know, we don't want to move the homeless people here. But on the other hand, they are causing people to leave. They're attacking employees. And it's like they need to wake up. Don't you think, Chuck, and realize these are not homeless people who have no options and nowhere to go. These are people who have decided because the government hands them out. Now Denver's going to start paying them, what, 500 bucks to be homeless? These are people who spend their whole day. A little over $1,000 a month. Right. They spend their whole day getting high. Then they sleep wherever they want. I mean, these are people who have options. These are not people, you know, I think sometimes people think of if these people had affordable housing, there is affordable housing. And they just don't go there because they don't want to because they don't have jobs because they don't want to. And they're like, how can we solve it? It's getting worse. And it's getting worse because you keep giving them more free things. Right. Of course, it's mm-hmm. getting worse. If I I mean, if I was a young person, I'm like, man, I could be homeless and I could get paid a thousand dollars a month. It's okay. like, I, you know, what the heck? And they wonder why are more people homeless? It's like, well, You know, I mean, the step 13 guy used to say, you know, you know, don't feed the birds, so to speak, or don't feed the bears. Right. And that's what Denver keeps doing. And then they turn around and say, how can we deal with the homelessness situation? Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing. But as you said, elections make make all the difference. So we'll have one coming up in November, then one in the spring for Denver. And maybe a candidate, maybe the business community will come back and support a Kelly Brock or something. And not the Leslie Harris of the world. You know, you got to wonder that because in Denver, the mayoral election, usually it's it's sort of like a jungle primary, right? Where, I mean, they just, there, there always are runoffs and right. it'll be interesting to see. But I kind of wonder um, if the business community, like the developers, I guess I'm talking about there, have largely abandoned Denver. I mean, they've de- under Hancock, they developed every square inch of developable land and there isn't anything left anymore. And you got to wonder if they're, if they've gone. And I mean, this, the state and the city are just, you know, so out of control with crime and things like that, that if, you know, if I'm a developer, I'm not going to try to convince people to come to Denver. I mean, so I, what do you, do you see that? You see what I'm saying there that I wonder if the, there is a business community willing to support her anymore. Well, you know, I don't know if there is. As a practical matter, the business community did support um, Denver board members that would be for choice and charter schools, and which was particularly popular with Hispanics and Asians and all that. And they just gave up. And so now you've got a dysfunctional board that just fights. The school uh, board, you mean? School board. And the schools are getting worse and worse. Um, so they've abandoned the schools. And. Abandoning the schools means you've sort of given up. 
Well, I think so too, because it all business, I mean, a lot of it starts there, right? When people um, look for places to live, schools, obviously, I mean, it's why we moved out of Denver, one of the reasons, but, but, you know, again, I look at the way I used to drive to work and it's just full of homeless encampments. And yes, there are some nice, charming neighborhoods in Denver, but the crime is out of control. I mean, you know, and it's the same in all of Colorado. Uh, and, And these are similar elections being played out all across the country. And I go back to this is why election integrity matters. You'd think, you know, people need to get the Republicans get their head around that because without that, um, you can run the best campaign imaginable and you can have all the support, but but the outcome is still in question. That's certainly true in Colorado. Um, well, what is, so what is your editorial? Give, give people a sneak peek of your editorial. It's just pointing out that, that you know, the Denver Post had an article on August 23rd, saying restaurants are leaving downtown because of rent hikes and labor shortages. Denver Partnership says that uh, workers are refusing to go to the business district anymore. Um, about a quarter of the office space is empty, and there's proposals to turn office space into apartment houses. I mean, <laughs> Which, yeah. Well, I know, and this is from Sandra, wait till the homeless set up their tents in Bonnie Bray. Well, Sandra, I don't think they necessarily set their tents up there, but you're seeing a ton of businesses, longtime businesses leave Bonnie Bray. And the way they put it there, because they're all, you know, touchy-feely Denverites, is they say the neighborhood is changing. It's like, what do you mean the neighborhood is changing? Well, the neighborhood is changing. It's becoming crime-ridden, you know, homeless people. And and again, to say homeless, these are just, they're, 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 they're vagabonds. I don't even want to say vagabonds. They're just, they're, they're panhandling constantly, aggressively panhandling. So it is affecting well, They've come to Westminster, and the Westminster City Council has has had a very tepid, weak response. Really. Oh, yeah, they're going to be compassionate. It's like, there's there's nothing compassionate. And I think Stephen was saying, I think that he had an Aurora police officer, some of it started with the legal, legalization of marijuana, and that's absolutely true. But you know what, as other states have, have, have legalized it, we haven't seen the decrease. So, and again, I think the longer, if you keep, if you keep supporting them and paying them and allowing them to live the way that you do, um, you know, to take to take up rest. I mean, what I was when you drive down Sixth Avenue, there's one intersection there. I think it's at Sixth and Broadway, um, and all the businesses have like barricades in front of them, right? And it's not that they're worried about terrorists; they just have to put something there because they can't move the homeless. So they have all these god awful barricades there, so people can't camp there. I mean, there's something wrong with the city when that's what's going on. And so, do you want to walk through that? No. Um, so the Denver mayoral election is important, not just for. Denver, I think, but all of Colorado, don't you? I agree. I agree. Right. Okay. Well, that, oh, anything else? Nope. Okay. That is going to do it for us. I want to thank Doug, as always, the BBS guys, everybody on Zoom, um, all our shows at chuckandjulie.com. And thank you to Cheryl and Victoria. And also, I'm taking over the helm on Friday. That's Uh, right. I've got boys' night out and a lot of fun. That's right. Well, giant Brian June Depp is going to be joining us on Friday. He mm-hmm. has some interesting stuff about the Martha's Vineyard thing. So thank you to everybody. We'll see you on Party Friday. Care, Have a great everybody. rest of your week. Bye-bye.